Thank you! I love you! Thank you! Thank you from the bottom of my black little heart! You came here for some excitement tonight, and that's what you're going to get! Take a good look at me, because I'm going to be on the front of every newspaper in this country tomorrow. You're looking at crime personified, and don't you forget it! I framed Leslie Bacon. I called the heroin hotline on Abby Hoffman. I bought the gun that Bremer used to shoot Wallace. I had an affair with Juan Corona. I blew Richard Speck, and I'm so beautiful I just can't stand it myself now everybody freeze who wants to be famous who wants to die for art tonight on nightcaps we're going to Baltimore get your cha-cha heels and prepare yourself for some female trouble <laughs> Australian, but uh, yeah, I don't know. His <laughs> way, this is how we're starting it. Yeah, yeah. we're starting it with our impressions. <laughs> I could do a Bernie the Dinosaur. <laughs> I love you. That was just Rocky. That's just or, my or, voice. Or, or, or Bullwinkle, sorry. My voice is just fucking by. by hey, Rocky. Uh, anyways, welcome to another episode of Nightcaps at the theater. If we sound a little inebriated, it's because we're back to back recording this episode from our previous one. Sorry, that's just the way life is. No, it's just another week, and we just have to be wearing the same clothes. Of course, <laughs> you never left my house for this whole week. <laughs> never, never. Um, anyways, uh, do we have any other news that we want to get caught up with that we didn't announce in the previous episode? I have one or two things. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to cut you off right there. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson have! <laughs> <laughs> so kill no. Billy! Tony Hunsel! Love that fucking movie. Uh, Kill Bill will be a future watch on this ooh, podcast. The whole bloody, the bloody hole. We'll of do it. one and two. The bloody yeah. hairy hole. Of, That'll have to be. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? The bloody hairy hole. I watched that last night in privacy. You don't say. Anyways, uh, cut me off. Let's see. I I, re, I mentioned. I meant to mention this before. I rewatched Baby Driver. <gasps> Let me tell you, after a year, that still holds up. Yeah, even, robbed at even the with Kevin Kevin Spacey, even with yeah. a pedophile. Yep, it makes it even. No, oh, no spoilers. <laughs> Did you hear that Edgar Wright wants to do a direct sequel? Yeah, mm. I don't know about that. It mm. seems weird. I feel like the studio's oh. chorus. If we get another it. soundtrack, I'd be okay with that. Uh, is this his new Cornetta trilogy? But I Driver? I love the Cornetta trilogy. Mm. Don't you back sass me? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not back sassing okay. Edgar Wright. Just uh, check not at all. I love Edgar Wright. I was only I can... talking about Shaq! <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I could do a spiritual sequel. I could do a you know something like that. But direct, eh, eh, we'll see. Mm. Doesn't need it. Oh, he sh- he should go on and do Ant Man three. Yeah. Oh, he he won't see it. <laughs> no. Yeah. You'll you'll see the elements of it. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. I saw two things. Wait, you oh. mentioned Chris and Chenoweth? Yes. Last episode? <laughs> yeah. I As just, always. I just want to... Yeah, true. <laughs> Never <laughs> a day without me mentioning Kristen Chenoweth, Last resident Broadway star, and, original Glinda and Wicked and, and others. And every episode before it. Uh, I just want to remind folks... Watch Trial and Error season she, two. Oh, she is now on that. streaming because that's or, what American Gods dropped her for. American? Did she drop American Gods or did she it? dropped because okay. because Brian Fuller dropped American right. Gods and then everyone like went to the winds. Yeah, that was just a whole clusterfuck. Even though she was an essential main character, who well, she was in one episode, but I, I assume she was gonna. Book. I assume she would have gotten. She's yeah. big in the book. Yeah, uh, I can't read, but <laughs> Trial and Error is pretty good. Just premiered two days ago. On NBC. Cute. Characters welcome. Mm. Um, the first thing that I saw that I did not mention on our last episode was uh, My Friend Dahmer. Mm. Oh, yeah. I know about this. Mm. Yeah. Really good. I liked it. It was a little bit slow. Um, one of my obsessions is serial killers. So mm-hmm. I like, research them. One of my favorite podcasts is Last Podcast on the Left, mm-hmm. which is 30-something in the charts right now. It's been oh, that okay. way for a while, though. They're really popular and they're really funny. They like take serial killer lives... And they make fun of them, you know, like they, they analyze them, discuss their kills, like what's going on with them. And it's like Henry Zabrowski. Do um, they give each of their scores, uh, each of their kills a score? No, they don't score them. <laughs> but it... if it's really bad, they'll give you a gold star for listening. They'll be like, this okay. is a really bad kill. If you lasted through this kill, you get a gold star audience. Oh, nice. They only do that once in a while. They did that with like uh, Alfred Fish, I think. Is this like the podcast version of Assassins? No. no, Assassins. As much as I love Sondheim, Assassins is overplayed, trite bullshit. Mark. Hot take. <laughs> I love Sondheim, but everyone's like, "Sweetie Todd, Assassins into the woods," and I'm like, "Oh, you've never heard a musical before." But I, I highly recommend uh, Last Podcast on the Left, and my friend Dahmer was uh, really fun. Not fun, but like in- interesting. <laughs> okay. Like I felt that it was well acted, a little bit long. But it worked. Um, right. um, did you ever watch the uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer movie with Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more familiar with like that story being told than than I guess anything else yeah. Dahmer related. So that that's my take on that. Now, if we're talking about serial killer movies, there's Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal, who I love. Oh, there's Honestly, a, there's, there's another Zodiac, Zodiac movie that came know, out at the I same know. time. And then there's um, Summer of Sam. Which is a closeted classic. I never saw that. Hmm. Oh boy! I was. I, I know. I know more of it than I. Don't you that. ever bring that up in this podcast? Because one day I'm gonna get it. Because not only does it have my love Adrian Brody in it and his nose fully intact <laughs> as a male gigolo stripper in the Summer of Sam, but it has Broadway legend Patti Lapone, mm. and we get to see her tits. Wow! <laughs> this is unprecedented because Patti Lapone shows her tits for no man. And it came out of nowhere when I watched it, and she plays the mom of Adrian Brody, and was, I went, Was it a blooper? Just, oh, <laughs> it's a full-on take. She goes, I think the line is, here are my tits. And she takes them out. <laughs> and I was blown away by it. I was like, like, because I've loved Patti Lapone since, like, the tender age of 13. I'm like, what's going on? And then I saw her tits, and my whole world changed. It was like, <laughs> it was like this was like my mother figure. Like, how do I react? It's like Ooh. walking into her parents having sex. I was like, what's going on? Mary Queen of Scots. With Cersei Ronan. Yeah. I've seen this trailer. Yeah. I think it looks amazing. It looks great. It looks and, like, um, I mean, not amazing. Like, it looks like cinema porn. Where it's like yeah. costume, makeup. Like are gonna Oscar win. Oscars, yeah. And acting's gonna like be taken to the wayside. And Margot but, Robbie as uh, Margot Robbie. Queen Elizabeth. And I love that story. We get some uh, Anna Boleyna shit going on there. Mm-hmm. With the mm-hmm. tutors and shit. And I love it. 
just cinema porn. And that's all I have to mention. I'm excited for that. Right. What about you? Uh, I guess I was going to talk about it last episode, but uh, uh, I guess, what was it? The um, trailer for Glass uh, came out. Ooh, uh, yeah. So um, we, we get... It was a bit of like a hike towards it, you know. But we got those like three uh, character teasers with uh, both uh, uh, James McAvery, uh, McAvoy, James McAvoy. Wow, I, I don't. I've for, James the lo- for, for the longest time I thought that that's that was his last name, but uh, I digress. Um, Samuel Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis, and just like just character trailers, and now we got the full trailer, and it's great. I love it. Uh, it's it's everything that I was <laughs> I was waiting for for uh, something of like an Unbreakable sequel. And mm. speaking as someone who supposedly hated Unbreakable, which I did not, mm. I quite enjoyed it. In fact, I mean it's M Night Shyamalan. You're expecting a romp. I'd like Split more, mm-hmm. and I think I'm more excited for Glass. I think, judging by the trailer, I think it's going to be a good fun of good fun time at the theater. Mm. That's all I got to say. So thank you for letting me watch that here, Mark. Who's going to get any higher? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to watch Split. Uh, I'm just, oh, yeah, Split is the I'm, best. I'm but the best thing about Split was James not well, that, but like also just like not knowing it, this was like a tie-in to Unbreakable. It's It's like... Because as soon as like I, I was like starting to recognize it, it was the music from Unbreakable playing like right at the uh, Unbreakable. She's alive. Yeah, that great old song. Too. <laughs> That's Kim, where they got it from. Kimmy Schmidt just walks in the frame. <laughs> you know you could survive anything for about sixty seconds. <laughs> Ten seconds. One, two, two three, four. Oh, anyways, yeah, I'm excited for Unbreakable. Yeah. Thank you, Comic Con. I mean, glass. Yeah, glass. I'm drunk. What doesn't matter? Unbreakable split glass. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense, but at the same time, it makes sense. Mm. Oh, you know what? What? Uh, uh, I uh, mean, this might be a bit premature. I might have to save it for next time, but I I remembered. Mm. I got my advanced tickets to Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, God. 76? Is, it's God. not something I ever... <laughs> I ever would have thought Why? I'd get. It couldn't be Christopher Robin y- for me. You just want to see Tom Cruise uh, fly a helicopter. He no. doesn't wear a helmet in yeah. any of his tanks. But he, but he's also he's 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 flying it like he legit took. I don't he, care. He trained. Yeah, that doesn't make I a don't difference care. to me. I just hear it's amazing. I've who, never seen a who, Mission Impossible. Who said it? Simon Pegg's. Yeah. <laughs> who said Tom Cruise. No one the Church of Scientology said. endorsed it. Yeah, I or, assume so. I just want to see uh, Henry Cavill just punch the yeah, air. Yeah, no, reload, reload his <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite gift currently on the internet so next good. to Sir Jan. It's <laughs> reload my fist. Oh. Will uh, they edit out the mustache in this film? No. Because no, he, it was, he it was kept meant it for this film. Yeah. Well, Angela Bassett looks great in this movie. Angela Bassett doesn't age. She doesn't. <laughs> She's amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wonderful. So we'll see. I'll, you know, I'm going to watch and I'm going to I'll give my thoughts on everything Angela Bassett related and uh, <laughs> Yeah, please just review Mission time. Impossible just paying attention to Angela and Bassett. See if yeah. shotgun shells come out of those wrists of him. And then describe the head of Henry Cavill reloading the fist scene. That's all I want to know. Uh, like it's like <laughs> I just speak uh, uh, just a rebuttal uh uh shotgun uh wrist. There's a movie I do want to check out. It's called uh, Upgrade. If you oh, guys have seen this. Yeah, it looks no, like yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It, it, it just looks something like District 9 almost kind of like related where it's like 
do it for the hell of it and i'm like yeah this looks like a lot of fun so okay yeah cool. that's something I, I just want to say well Sounds something good. i want to check out while we're on the topic is christopher robin of course because, yes because a uh saving mr banks made me cry like a schoolgirl, mm-hmm. and christopher robin pooh bear is my fucking man man pooh bear has been there when none of y'all have <laughs> not anyone sitting at this table not anyone listening Pooh Bear has been there when none of y'all ain't. So I'm going to cry. God damn it. I'm going to cry. It, it looks so adorable. I'll watch it. Well, it looks it great. It looks unsettling to me. And I know it's based on the original like artwork for the, the Pooh Bear and mm-hmm. such, but his mouth is so tiny. Like mm-hmm. it's a- I like it. He, he sounds much more depressing than I originally heard. Well, it's him the too. same. It's Jim Cummings. Yeah, it is. Him, uh, for, for that and Tigger. And, Tigger. Yeah. and then all the other ones are like. Hmm. Well, Eeyore sounds like. Because I think no, Sam Elliott. It's not the same. Well, Sam Elliott voiced him at one point. No, it's not the same. Okay. Oh, I've, I've, I like I've Sam listened Elliott. to Pooh Bear enough times to know that that piglet is a sham. Oh, no. And not the original piglet. That, that was British piglet. Like, oh, I just relate to that Pooh Bear. That's what I want to see this summer. I didn't see I that mean, elephant. We, Remember that elephant? The heffalumps? Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah. They're not there all the time. Okay. Mm. Uh, need to invest yourself into Pooh lore more, I see, Mark. <laughs> Pooh Bear, we need the Pooh Bear. How did I get there? Oh, God. <laughs> Illuminating <laughs> television. God, I miss that show. I mean, I'm excited, too. I, we haven't gotten a Paddington movie this year, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> so ex- <laughs> I'm excited. If you squint, it'll be the same thing. <laughs> I'm excited for Poodington. That's what I'm calling it. That's it, Mr. Paddington. Drink all the marmalade. Oh, Paddington is a, a godsend, a yeah. national treasure. Oh, well, with that, anyway, yep. should we get into the movie we're yes. watching tonight? All right, so as you know, the last hint I gave you was I'm Don Davenport, I'm a shit kicker and a thief. And I want to be a star. Oh, I've had a whole five minutes to think on it, and I can't. We're talking about we've had a whole week to think. Week or two to think about it. (laughs) I've been drunk for six days. I'll give you. I'll give you a few more hints, even though I'm not sure anyone will get it. This is a John Waters film, who we all know from Hairspray, uh, other Divine films, (laughs) and just being campy and wonderful nonetheless. Um, this film is set in Baltimore. That's not much of a hint since most of John Waters' films, if not all of John Waters' films, are set in Baltimore. The Walterverse? The Walterverse. It is not the Walterverse. The Walterverse. Yeah. The Walter Canonical uh, Canon is yeah. set in Baltimore. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's in the same universe as The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. And this film. I want to give a year, but I'm not sure. I don't have the box art in front of me. I'll update this during the, the podcast if I'm not sure. I believe it's 1974 is when this film came out. 1974. Mm. Look at all those notes. I have. Yeah. All these notes ready for you. I don't already know who's going to do all the talking this episode. <laughs> me, because I'm going to read these 10 pages of notes I have in front of me. So any guesses? And no any John Waters films? Throw them I, out. All, all I can think is Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos is his first film and not mm. this film. Mm-hmm. This is his second film. All, no. There's another yeah. one. I only know a few uh, John Waters titles. But I think I've heard you mention this one before, so I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> but I don't think it's this one. Mm. Female Trouble. It is Female Trouble. Whoa! Right. Right. Good. Criterion Collection just released Female Trouble this month. Ooh. So I figured, why not pick up one of the classic John Waters films? Um, before we go in, let's give you a little uh, synopsis of John Waters and Divine herself, who plays the main character Don Davenport in this film. So John Waters, otherwise known as the King of Bad Taste and Pope of Trash, 
was one of the modern grandfathers of underground films and an anchor in bringing shock, drag culture, and debauched humor to mainstream audiences across America and the world. Waters was born in 1946 in Baltimore, which would become the setting for the majority of his films. From a young age, he was obsessed with villains, violence, and car accidents. Hmm. In fact, he went to the point where uh, he was with his family and he would reenact car accidents as a child. He would play <laughs> car accident. Oh, so he'd be driving the car. And we'll see that prominently in this film, how that Oof. factors in. For his 16th birthday, John received an 8mm movie camera. And from then on, the rest was history. Combined with a fascination from classics such as Fellini and Bergman to quite the opposite to trashy gore with Russ Meyer drive-in pictures and underground, fi- underground films like Warhols and the Kucher Brothers' earliest film taste, his tastes were across the board. So you can say he got a little bit of the classics and a little bit of the gory uh, subculture of film at the time. Um, he inspired to in- accentuate camp and film in his own films with the resources he had. So he didn't work on much, but he worked with what he had. He attended NYU for a hot minute before dropping out and realizing that wasn't for him and that he could do better on his own. Wow. He went to a few classes and said, they're watching shit that I want to see. I might as well make my own shit. Um, he returned home to Baltimore, created an acting troupe known as the Dreamlanders, who contained many ensemble actors Waters would use in his entire career in his, this film itself, including Divine, Mink Stoll, Cookie Mueller, Edith Massey, David Lockery, Mary Vivian Pierce, Susan Walsh, and more. Um, earliest films are almost anthologies with the same actors playing different characters. So if you watch this film and the next film, and I think the film after that, so the first four films, it's kind of these actors switching roles throughout the whole time. Okay. Um, after some short films, including Roman Candles and Eat Your Makeup, which had Divine playing Jackie Kennedy Onassis, a few weeks after John F. Kennedy was shot, <laughs> wow. uh, just kind of advises what John Waters was kind of going for. He was always pushing the button and going to the, the like, oh, the sacrilege. Like, I would never show this on film. So that's kind of what he stood for. Uh, Water, Waters and his troupe moved on to full-length pictures, including Mondo Trasho, held as one of the grossest movies ever made. Nice. Multiple Maniacs, which ends with Divine getting fucked to death by a lobster. That's what I was thinking of. Thank Pink. God it's not this one. <laughs> oh, thank God. You that's haven't been I, there yet. I remember that film. Pink Flamingos, where Divine literally eats dog shit yeah. in the, the denouement of the film. And tonight's film, Female Trouble, which is the second in Waters' Trash Trilogy film. Mm. Um, before we get into the film, we also have Divine himself. Just a little history of where he came from. Uh, Harris Glenn Milstead was also born in 1945 in Baltimore to a conservative middle-class family and joined the Dreamlanders slash other young social outcasts of Baltimore, along with John Waters himself, to make films and other such things. Uh, Glenn developed an interest in drag while working as a hairdresser till losing his job. After a time of being supported by his family and developing a tendency to dress as Elizabeth Taylor, Glenn turned to Baltimore's counterculture scene. It was here that he met John Waters and was christened as Divine, the most beautiful woman in the world, and joined Waters in many other exploits. They hung out with beatniks, deadbeats, hippies, and drug addicts, and they lived a life full of drugs, fun, and movies. Divine fled from the cops multiple times for failed businesses, dodging public nudity inspired by Waters filming, and eventually moved to San Francisco, where you just got back from. Yeah. So Divine is kind of a hallmark between Baltimore and there. Mm-hmm. You just got back from that trip. 
Devon became famous with Multiple Maniacs, which was Waters' first film to create buzz, and it probably had to do with scenes involving Devine fucking a lobster mm -hmm. and having sexual gratification with a rosary, public nudity, and such going on in an actual church. So these films are very sacrilegious. There's a lot going on that you might not expect, but Devine and Waters rocketed into public eye and into stardom. Devine returned to Baltimore for Waters' next film, Pink Flamingos, playing... Uh, infamous Babs Johnson, aka the filthiest woman alive, different from the 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 filthy like the most beautiful woman alive, which is what Waters dubbed uh, Divine as a character. Uh, the most famous scene had Divine eating fresh dog shit with how much is that doggy in the window playing in the background. Uh, this film was actually picked up by the then small production company New Line Cinema, which you might <laughs> recognize. Wow. And it became a strong contender in the cult-slash-midnight movie genre, which contains things like Rocky Horror Picture Show, Pink Flamingos, and such. It's a small genre, but obviously you went to the film at midnight, where things were a little bit more taboo, and anything could be seen on screen where it wasn't technically porno, but it could be classified as a little bit more trashy than your normal fare at the movie theater. Glenn walked out on his parents for nine years. Uh, he lived a very lavish and lascivious lifestyle, full of drugs, liquor, and just, you know, the, the perils that come with being a star. But he did keep them updated with his life from around the world by sending them postcards. So it wasn't a total uh, shut-out-my-parents situation. He did send them postcards just to show you where uh, Divine winded up. After this film, Divine returned to Baltimore, starting up a drag show with her friends, now called The Coquettes. This also transferred to San Francisco. He co-wrote and starred in plays the likes of Divine and Her Stimulating Studs, Divine Saves the World, Vice Palace, and Journey to the Center of Uranus. <laughs> Waters encouraged Divine's drag persona to become more outrageous, exposing her overweight stomach and carrying weapons. He later commented that he wanted Divine to become the Godzilla of drag queens, which she then did. If, we were, if you follow drag culture, Divine is up there with, like, of Varla G. Merman and all these other... RuPaul herself, maybe, maybe inspired Divine. It's just to show you where it's um, come from in drag culture. Hmm. Finally, we arrive at tonight's film, Female Trouble. The year is 1974, and Divine is the insatiable Dawn Davenport, and this is her story. Um, before we begin, here's a semi-famous review and a little precursor for what to expect. The movie critic, Rex Reed, of the New York Observer, hated the film, to the point that in his review he had asked, where did these people come from? Where did they go when the sun goes down? Isn't there a law or something? The quote was posted on the Waverly Theater poster in the Village Voice ads for the film. Uh, when Female Trouble was released on DVD, this quote was on the front of the box. That didn't stop this film from disturbing and entertaining massives ever since. Personally, I think this is the tamest of the Waters trash trilogy. However, fair warning going forward, this is not a family-friendly film by any means, unless your family is, like, really into that stuff. <laughs> um, and there are three different instances of full-on nudity, both male and female, plenty of slurs across all walks of life, limb removal, acid throwing, and full-on murder for art. Fair warning, this is probably the trashiest film I will ever suggest on this podcast. So it's going up there. Can't get much more trashy than this, for good reason. Just barely was classified as an NC-17 film, and just under the elusive X rating. Wow. So that's about it before going into this film. Any precursor thoughts before we get into Baltimore? 
Let's get fucked. Yeah, Let's get that's fucked. it. Yeah, I'm with Matt. <laughs> Good morning, Baltimore. Also, John Waters' film, but completely different. Also starring Divine. Mm-hmm. Nightcaps at the theater. We did it. Whew. And we just watched Female Trouble. This was John a doozy. Waters. Yeah. yeah. Second film, which actually felt longer than most films. A little bit. Well, given only, its length. Only just because of how some scenes tend to drag on, especially yeah. towards the end. Yeah. But I mean, I picked up on this. I mean, I didn't pick up on this. It's obvious. But from all the title cards, it's really treated uh, the tale of Dawn as like an epic. Like yeah. A saga. It's you a know, morality it's a long, tale. Yeah. 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 It's a long view. Yeah. And which... I get that. It's kind of a medieval morality tale mm-hmm. where they tell you things that you shouldn't do and should do. And yeah, Dawn yeah. Davenport surely is the modern day morality tale epic. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm. It's like, uh, I think if you combined... For listeners of our podcast, uh, Boogie Nights and The Love Vovich. The Love Vovich. I think oh. it's, you know, if you combine those two, it's got shades. It does, actually. Thinking about it. Um, the opening uh, title song music was done by John Waters and sung I, by Divine. I like that yeah. song, man. Uh, female Trouble is a little catchy. Female like. Trouble. Do, do, I got problems. <laughs> Which definitely paints, paints the scene for the movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know there's going to be female trouble going oh. on. <laughs> um, Waters believes that this is the best of his early films. Hmm. And it was meant to be a vehicle for Divine to show off Waters' sick, sick imagination to <laughs> the audience. Um, like a theater group, if you weren't acting, you were doing makeup and holding a mic. So... The actors that you might have seen in this film, David Lockery and such, were all doing something else in other scenes. They were either doing costuming, mic work. But any initial thoughts before we get into the, the plot dump that is this Bible epic of Dawn Davenport? I think I'll save that all for the end. For, for me, I think. Just, no, no, no. no Hot ju- take. Just in terms of just, like, personal feelings towards it. Okay. So, yeah. For me, oh. I, I would just say, gasp. Yeah? <laughs> my, my puritanical beliefs are under fire i did warn you multiple times <laughs> that things were going to happen in this film i yeah. i do and they did i do like this better than pink flamingos though Ooh. Uh, that, I will and say the that. eggman the yeah man's come <laughs> babs has the eggman come yet yeah. how can a person be an egg which is a definite callback to, 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 as she mentions like oh i think there's an egg somewhere like poor edith <laughs> <laughs> she'll be brought up don't worry i'll explain <laughs> her history so let's begin with this film it's uh, kind of segmented into vignettes. Mm-hmm. We get Dawn Davenport, who is the main character, Youth 1960, mm-hmm. where she begins. Uh, Divine is 28 in this film, just to give you a kind of like, you know, lay of the land where she was at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn Davenport is based on the trashy, popular, grimy kids from school where John Waters attended. So huh. he would take a look around and be like, who's the popular kids in high school? Okay. And most of the people he would look at were kind of like reminiscent of Dawn Davenport. Yeah, like very so, vain. Yeah, yeah, vain, hair, very high in the beehive style. It was, was the time. And John Waters took a, you know, a fancy to them. Uh, Waters once saw 
Um, one of the popular girls hooking uh, up and down like some, you know, oh, like backwaters wow. uh, people. Hmm. And he said, you know what, there's a character there <laughs> that I should like really interact with that I should kind of bring to film. And Definitely. Dawn Davenport was made. Uh, I do wish at the beginning, like in school, uh, the film showed more shades of like Divine's relationships with like other people at school like, yeah you know other friends and how sh- i mean we saw the she didn't really like, need them though she was popular she was just with she was? and okay. you know her uh, uh, chicklet chicklet her friends <laughs> yeah and she was the popular clique that's all she needed i just was, wasn't sure if like she was popular I, i'm not sure if i got they were that. their own mean girls yeah yeah exactly the og mean girls uh we open on dawn davenport being her crude self with her friends conchetta and chicklet and she claims that her parents uh, better buy her those damn cha-cha heels <laughs> and fuck school. I'm leaving as soon as I get those heels. So we get a woman with a goal. Mm-hmm. She wants those cha-cha heels. That's all she wants. Mm-hmm. And otherwise she'll leave school. Do you think to start hooking? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I don't know what cha-cha heels are, but you know. No, from... this is a good trivia fact because John Waters himself doesn't know what cha-cha heels are. <laughs> so there you go, Matt. Wow. All right. <laughs> he's like, oh, those are. He goes to uh, subsequent viewings of this film, and he's basically like, uh, like people will come up to him and be like, oh, are these cha-cha heels? And be like, no, those aren't cha-cha heels. <laughs> so John Waters himself doesn't my, know what cha-cha heels. My are. only That's reference funny. for cha-cha heels comes from the movie Robots. With... Oh, I thought we were gonna say Greece. No, I was Wait, gonna say. No, remember robots. robots with you, McGregor and Robin Williams? Of course, why don't I? At one point, Robin Williams' robot half body gets separated and he has replaced with a female <laughs> body. It's like I, I ran all this way in cha-cha heels. Oh man! <laughs> wow, man, that's a that's a deep Un- cut. An underrated film, I will say. It's a it's a it's okay. a it's a fun. Uh, uh, no one remembers it exists though. But like, I only watch it just because the Star Wars Revenge of the Sith trailer was tied to it. So, <laughs> well, that, but it's a fun movie, it's a good regardless. Surprise. Yeah, a big cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dawn's in class, and as Mark would know, she pulls out a meatball sandwich. Oh, I love me a meatball part. Iconic line. Yum. Mr. Weinberg, Don Davenport is eating a meatball sandwich <laughs> right out in class, and was passing notes. And I can never associate to anything more in my teaching career. It's just like so real. We get this Don Davenport eating a meatball sandwich. Yeah. And she's just ruining the career of everyone else in this high school classroom. Uh, Conchetta threatens to cut a bitch. She goes, oh, yeah. I got a knife in this pocketbook, which is a Baltimore slang for pocketbook. And I'm going to cut you with it right after class. And I just uh, found it funny. It's like, yeah. you know, he saw these delinquents in his mm-hmm. school career. And he gets them, John Waters that is, and he's like, you know, I'm not feeling them at all, whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But there's kind of a popularity influence that's coming over them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Waters hated school and he mocked it in this opening, obviously. Yeah. Uh, And we get the best read of all time. For your appearance, Miss Davenport, it looked like you never stopped eating. Oh! (laughs) Um, The ultimate burn. And teachers fat shaming their students. Like, that's a hot button issue nowadays. Like, that would never happen. It almost feels deserved here, though. Yeah, I mean, Dawn is a fat ass. Yeah. And she is constantly <laughs> eating. It's like I, that vice. I, it's like Dante's Inferno. Like, don't... she's embodying sloth. <laughs> and whatsoever. So, <laughs> I know uh, you got some inspiration from that scene for uh, the shady throw of your students, though. I mean, I mean, I draw <laughs> upon it. 
I do well, draw, throw shades at my you, older students. You're just using this movie as research for when you start the whole new school year. I mean, I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> this, this teacher's poor feelings to Miss Davenport because I get tons of students like that. And mm. I have to bite my tongue consistently. <laughs> so we get Dawn, Conchetta, and Chicolette. Um, kind of her power squad, her mm. mean girl squad. And they're contemplating arson. They're like, well, <laughs> I can fucking burn down this school as long as I get those cha-cha heels for Christmas. I better get them cha-cha heels. I want them cha-cha heels. Give me them cha-cha heels. I better get yeah. those fucking cha-cha heels. Otherwise, I'm leaving the school and they're doing their hair and they're hooking, <laughs> quote-unquote, in the bathroom. And truly, they are the worst of students. Mm-hmm. Um, and flash forward to Christmas Day. Christmas time is here! Thank you. Uh, we get uh, Dawn Davenport's family at home. And Dawn Davenport awakes yeah. from her bed chamber. And she's like, I better get those fucking uh, yeah. you. I'm coming, I'm coming. Come down with like your mom and dad's presence. It feels so similar. This is basically my life if you've ever seen Dawn Davenport's line on Christmas heels. Christmas, Christmas time. Like, I'm like, I better get those fucking cha-cha heels. And it's an iconic Christmas scene. Um, Mother is crushed by the Christmas tree. I love that. (laughs) That It's Christmas. Dawn, it's Christmas. Not on Christmas. Christmas. And Dawn (laughs) Dad obviously doesn't get her cha-cha heels, but she throws the Christmas tree upon her mother. Fuck you. Fuck you, Mom. I mean, kills her mother, right? No, she doesn't. I don't think so. Because she's still, like, as she's storming out of the house, uh, uh, she's still, like, saying, not on Christmas. (laughs) Not on Christmas, Christmas. but her father throws her out, and we get this iconic running through the fields yeah. during Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> to it's Christmas, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. <laughs> so Dawn flees into the world, misunderstood and hurt, running over the heels to some saccharine Christmas song, which was originally the trailer for this film. We get Dawn Davenport running out into the wild that was over good. this Christmas mm, song. I really like that. Yeah. So Dawn runs out crying. She meets Earl, also played by Divine. Yeah. And they both have sex in the junkyard. Which I, I'm well, curious to know who, who was the double. For, oh, for this. so the double, I had this fact for you. Okay. So you remember that scene in the gorgeous, pretty beauty nail salon? Pretty beauty nail salon. <laughs> the Miss Swan alternate, where uh, we had that Elizabeth Taylor lookalike. Yeah. That was the double for Dawn Davenport. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's there for you. Don't worry about it. Okay. That. Nice. Um, so <laughs> Dawn cries and she obviously fucks, excuse my language, uh, her lookalike. And they both have sex in the junkyard. Some trivia for this scene. Real garbage men were appalled by the scene when they did it multiple times. <laughs> and they would look away as John Waters instructed Dawn to fuck this other look- uh, lookalike. Mm-hmm. Just something to <laughs> add to this scene. Uh, Dawn steals Ed's wallet during this, fil- <laughs> during this film. Mm-hmm. And it's mid-coitus. It's just something yeah. to add to, like, you know, the trashy, you know, look of the film. Uh, Susan Lowe, who plays the secretary at the Lipstick Beauty Nail Salon, was uh, pregnant during the shoot. So the crew wanted to uh, have the baby so Don could give birth to Taffy oh, during this wow. opening scene. Oh my so god, that re- <laughs> was a real baby on set. Oh, and wow. Don bites the umbilic- umbilical cord and goes, my so, beautiful Taffy. So she gave birth on set? 
Uh, as well, I mean, she so- had birth a couple weeks beforehand, but oh, well, like, a real baby. I, I could of course, because the, 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 the baby was just covered in placenta. No, the placenta uh, was a, a stage I, effect. And I wouldn't have put it past it to know if this baby was actually delivered on set. I mean, uh, knowing John Waters, it's, it's, it, it, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. It's pretty close when we get that trashy scene of Dawn knowing the umbilical yeah, the, I, I, I. yeah, which I got. Um... Obviously, before she gives birth, Divine is pregnant and she wants money, but she's denied by Ed, also played by Divine. So we get this male Earl. But I mean, it's Ed Earl. Like, she calls him different names during Mm -hmm. the film. And we get the scene where it's Divine playing against herself with like, oh, you fat bitch. You have others. That doesn't mean that I should milk you anytime soon. You stole my wallet. Fuck you. And yeah. Yeah. Just because you got them big udders don't mean you're special. Yeah. It's beautiful how it's trashy. Yeah. <laughs> and Dawn gives birth to Taffy on a couch <laughs> in a magnificent scene. And the film is kind of set forward in these vignettes. Mm-hmm. Then we get Career Girl, 1961 to 1967. Uh, She's there with her posse. Yeah. You know, I think you put me in a different mindset oh, did coming I? into this did film I trick the original. You? I, I think maybe I was actually expecting worse because... Oh. When you, uh, or no, the scene where she gives birth to the baby and she bites the umbilical cord. At first, I thought she was biting the baby's finger off. <laughs> what? So, you know, just, just putting that out there. Okay. okay. That's, I just that's bite the, the kind of mind. Oh, my dear, Taffy. This also doesn't... I thought she was getting ready to eat her. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think I said this earlier, where it's like, I feel like this is, this is better than Pink Flamingos, but I don't, oh, dude, I don't, I don't find it as dirty as Pink Flamingos. That's why I chose it, Mark. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pink Flamingos is a little bit dirtier. We got that whole. I, I was ready for Pink Flamingos to be honest. I was like, oh, Pink Flamingos. I, I can't, I can't wait to see people eat shit in this movie. I know. I feel bad for not starting with that. Or one, like but... semi incest, which you also kind of get a little bit later on in this. So uh, that's about it. Anyway, we get the career girl Dawn. Who is uh, serving at the as a waitress? Yeah, mm-hmm. where she originally shot serving as a waitress. They did a day of shoots where uh, Glenn would shoot as a waitress and was mean to the customers, mm-hmm. and they got that segment. Okay, um, mm. she's stripping in dive bars yeah. for waifs and vagabonds. The oldest of old men, like yeah. waving their dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, 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 and they're uh, recast in other Waters films, so you could see those other old men in. Are they in the same mm. group? Like, <laughs> yeah. like throwing like dollar bills? Yeah. And it's just like archive footage. <laughs> I yeah, wish they had different roles, but it's uh, still nonetheless important <laughs> that uh, Waters cast them. Uh, she, then she's hooking on the Baltimore Strip with Conchetta and Chiclet, mm-hmm. and they actually really did that. They hooked. Oh, on really? The, they hooked on the Baltimore Strip. Oh, wow! The, the car was theirs, but they were there for a night hooking on the Baltimore Strip. Okay, wow. So that's just to tell you where John Waters came from mm-hmm. with this film, and then eventually settle on uh, robbing houses and bums as thieves, where they mug that old drunk yeah. man <laughs> with like the. The sacks over their heads, yeah. and John Waters himself was quoted as uh, saying this was more fashionable. You know how they usually pull the nylons over their heads? He said, no, they need yeah. more, more fashionable right. than that. Yeah. They need to pull full black like cloaks over their heads to look a little bit better. Right. And like a we, beekeeper outfit. <laughs> the beekeeper outfit. I think he actually says that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so good touching upon uh, John Waters. Uh, then we get to the early criminal, 1968, mm-hmm. and Taffy is younger. She's jump roping to her mother's annoyance. <laughs> and Dawn is constantly like, those same sing-song rhymes, I can't take them, Taffy. Please go jump rope in the bathroom. 
she doesn't go to school, Taffy. Uh, no need to uh, know about war. Presidents, numbers, or science. Can't you just sit here and look at the air? Which I thought this was commentary coming from oh, John Waters. Yes, yeah, of course. You know? So it's like that, that, you said earlier, he dropped out of uh, uh, NYC. High school. Or uh, high school. And well, it was like college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just like saying, like, I don't, I didn't need any of this. Where it's like, I, I all I need is uh, my bare knowledge of like my surroundings, and that's it. Yeah. You know? And for for Taffy, it, it almost she just feels repressed with all mm. that, saying that she, I don't have any friends, I have no human interaction. She has no mother or father figure. No. Mm. Yeah. Taffy truly is like the deepest character in this film. I feel. I oh, yeah. I do too. I liked her a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Taffy had her sense among her, but. Mm-hmm. She has a, a sad end coming up for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. She pushed her mother a little. Well, let's, we'll go. <laughs> I mean, Conchetta and Chick-Lite come over and they're like, we stole this TV, Dawn. Can we hide in a room? And Dawn's like, yeah, sure. Just help me with this stupid child that I have. <laughs> and they strap her to a bed, which would, you know. Which I was I was waiting for this to go somewhere else. Well, I mean, it, it, even Waters himself is like, this scene's a little like, you know, Compared to nowadays with, like, child abuse and whatever. <laughs> what I thought was so funny about it, too, is just, like, at, before the scene cuts, uh, you see Taffy put her arm... Arm, into, yes! Into I'm one glad of you slots. noticed that. So Taffy, the actress herself. Like, this was a child of all the actors that were acting with. So, like, they were having a good time nonetheless. And she puts an arm up to, like, get herself restrained like, no, during that scene. No, And she's yeah. sliding her arm So they were all one. having fun during these films. Yeah. It's like nothing bad was happening. But I, I really like the design of that scene like the, the lighting it was so dark <laughs> yeah. in that bedroom yeah. that, that's, that's why the I was only thing I, that was illuminated that's like why I was bed. expecting something a little bit more risque but it doesn't yeah. exactly go that way it's it doesn't it doesn't yeah. I'm surprised though because it's pretty dark for a a modern day film. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. get tons of child abuse jokes with like the car aerial. Like, I beat you with the car aerial and I'm I'm glad I have an abortion. <laughs> um, and they lock her in a room and I've beaten her with a car aerial. What more can I do as a mother? Is there anything more I could do? It's just certain like things wouldn't fly nowadays. Uh, eventually Dawn gets introduced to the lipstick beauty nail salon. Uh, where Gator works, but at the salon you have to have an audition before you get in. Uh, they have to screen you beforehand. Um, and Dawn hears about this and she's like, oh, I'll go there, whatever. And we get introduced to Aunt Ida. Aunt Ida. Aunt Ida. Aunt Ida. Aunt Ida. Yeah, Aunt Ida. Oh, my Aunt Ida. Oh, Aunt played, Ida. Who's played by the incomparable Edith Massey. Um, her intro is her tits are out yeah. in one of the most shocking outfits of all of cinema. She has this black uh, leather outfit every, everything with just, a, everything, a slit up the side. Everything just wants to come out. Man, but Edith Massey, uh, she shares a birthday with me. Ooh. So oh, she's there you really go. important to me. <laughs> and I feel like we are soulmates if we yeah. ever met in real life. She's born in New York. Um, her original family had ten kids and they sort of parted ways. You know, as 10 kids would do in that time period, they said, you know, go your own way, try to make your own. She was raised in an orphanage, in foster homes, and her family was cool to her. She ran away to Hollywood to become a movie star, but became a barmaid and stayed. (laughs) And she relocated to Baltimore, where Waters cast her in five films and gave her cult film fame. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) A sad story turned a little bit happier there. She's good. I mean, she's pretty good in this. I, I think she's my favorite part of <laughs> she, every she's having fun. John Waters film. 
And we meet Aunt Ida. Oh my Aunt God. Ida. Aunt, Aunt Ida. Ida. Oh my God, Aunt I, Ida. I thought there was a record on repeat going on. <laughs> I feel that part of the film. And we meet her nephew, Gator, who lives with Aunt Ida. Mm-hmm. And she really wants him to be queer. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it partner? Like, I, I, I could have sworn. Like, I was, I was so confused. I'm like... What the relationship? I thought he. Oh, she. I thought he's he her nephew. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. There's nothing more than that. She doesn't want to fuck him or anything like okay. that. Never. I don't know how you would assume so. Oh no! Like as soon as like I heard partner, I was like, I assumed like, oh, there's something going on here. No, they're like together, but it's surely aunt yeah. and nephew. Mm-hmm. She never wants any more than that. And Very she goes, strange relationships, but yeah, oh, oh yeah, truly. She goes, I worry that you'll work in an office, have children, celebrate wedding anniversaries. The world of the heterosexual is a sick and boring life. Why can't you be queer, Gator? And it just adds to the time period. Like queer people are interesting, and they have oh, these. Yeah fun lives and the heterosexuals Wa- walking around the castro at san francisco you meet some interesting characters and they're Did just you? Mm, yeah absolutely oh. they're, they're 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 yeah it's a fun it's they're having a good time okay <laughs> well that's all that matters yep uh dawn arrives at the madness of the lipstick beauty uh salon where donald and donna run the salon under an iron fist um, they are vain, insane, and quite uptight, and being extremely crude, they are looking for appalling, cheap clientele. So we get this segment where they're interviewing for, you know, newcomers, and one of them goes, I work at the telephone company, and Donna goes, get out! Get out! We don't need you here! How dare you work at the telephone company? I love how they told him, like, to get out. It was, like, so just slanderous. It was like, get the fuck out! Yeah, yeah. even the... What makes you think you could be here? Even the stripper who's like, I strip for a living. And she's like, Donna's like, what if we don't like you? And she's like, well, I hope that doesn't come to that. And she's like, well, I already don't like you, so get out! Get out! Doesn't she, like, slap him, too? Yes. Yeah. Slap her. Gorgeous princess. That's my name. What is she, a princess? There's so many... Uh, Good quotes in this film. I'm a stripper. I work for the telephone company. Disqualified. Mm. I'm a thief and a shit kicker. And I like to be famous, goes Don Davenport. Immediately, she's hired on the spot because she's so trashy. Uh, Gator and Don meet. They fall in love. They get married in this incredible scene where Aunt Ida is, like, crying in the corner while everyone else is celebrating. And she pushes the pastor down the stairs. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) Truly one of the best scenes in all of cinema. And we get this incredible see-through crotchless wedding gown Mm -hmm. worn by Divine where, like, all her junk is showing. And I feel like costuming deserved an award for this film. And Ida is weeping. Uh, We get to The Married Life, 1969. Obviously, there's a troubled marriage between Divine and Gator. Uh, There's a sex scene with a toolkit going on. And what did you think of that? You remember that? I remember it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was trying to spice up fine. the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's like, "Do you want the hammer, Don? No, no, the needle, do- <laughs> no, the nose pliers, <laughs> please, <laughs> please." It's just like sexual kinks, like <laughs> gone amok. Mm. And uh, Aunt Ida is snooping around through her tra- through the trash, and she throws the trash yeah. like over the pier. <laughs> I found that hilarious. Um, and that's eventually like their married life. And then we get to five years later. We're caught up, nineteen seventy four. Uh, we get the sex scene with the toolkit, whatever, whatever. Uh, we get the first genitalia shot, and Mig stole denying her stepfather's advances. So obviously, I have to ask, what did you think of those genitalia shot? I mean, it was there. It was there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I watch Game of Thrones, and there's always. <laughs> 
dicks flying around everywhere. There really is. I yeah. forgot to you know, say, factor that in. I'd say about six out of ten. Six out of so ten. Six and a half out of ten. And it was a full bone genital in yeah. like three shots. Yeah. And we forgot to introduce Aunt Ida with like, yeah. she's introduced like fondling herself. Aunt oh, yeah. Ida. <laughs> in one of the most famous uh, scenes in all of film. Uh, I, still, I still like the dong shot in I Love You, man. Really? Yeah, that's a good one. Man, I have to and get more I love perverse you, with this. Yeah. Um, don't you, wait, don't you mean uh, forgetting Star Marshall? That's what I mean. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, we, we got we got Jaden Siegel on <laughs> yeah, the mind. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put this to you guys, but uh, my next film will have a general shot in it too. Uh-oh, Only one right. though. John's but, got a type. Huh? I'm sorry, but these <laughs> cult classics that keep calling my name. I guess technically mine did too. Yeah. It's just that uh, it's genitalia day. I mean, it just happens. <laughs> we, we dubbed this genitalia day. <laughs> July 21st from now on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we get Mink Stoll coming in with uh, the line, Disgusting hippie, I'd sooner jump in a river of snot than make love to you. Go commit suicide and do us all a favor. So, John Waters had a thing against hippies, even though he grew up in this time period. He would always poke fun at them. So, like, the beatniks or whatever, he he said a, a joke among his theater troupe would always be like, Go fuck yourself, hippie. Like, what are you gonna do? And he would put them in his films. Uh, we get more of... Uh, uh, Divine's daughter, Candy, Tandy, Taffy, Taffy. Taffy. Sorry, <laughs> I'm that wasted. Oh, we forgot to mention what we were drinking during this film. Oh, That's we were true. What were we drinking, John? <laughs> I guess we should bring that up. So I, I bought some patented Paps Blue Ribbon, which is the only drink featured in this film, mm-hmm. and then some fat bastard wine because Divine herself is a fat bastard. Very good. Very so, apt choices. Well I'm sorry done. I mentioned that before. I'm just going through my notes. We get Taffy kind of just going back and forth with Gator. And we flash forward to uh, the gorgeous, pretty, bloody nail salon or whatever. <laughs> pretty, bloody nail salon. Look like a man. <laughs> Where it's $104 for a wash and set. And we get one of my favorite lines. Oh, that's great. Boy, she won't pay. Take the hairdo back. <laughs> and they go towards her. And they, and they dump water on her. And they, take they the mess it up back. like crazy. That's fantastic. I, I, I love it. It's so hilarious. It's like, come on. What, oh, what yeah. else would they do? And... <laughs> We get this beautiful Elizabeth Taylor lookalike who played Divine in the other scenes, and she goes, well, why don't you throw it in a goddamn penny in a well and wish for it? And it's it's just funny because it's Dawn's kind of stunt double throughout all those films, uh, all those scenes or whatever. And Dawn and Gator get a divorce, mm-hmm. nonchalantly. They're not being, like, pleased by one another. And only after the Dashers take her in as a muse... Uh, they love slash get their sick kicks on beauty and crime, and Donald and Donna uh, brainwash Divine with fame and attention. Dawn agrees, and they fire Gator. Mm-hmm. So the Dashers take Dawn in as her muse, and they're like, oh, you're beautiful, you're trashy, we want to take pictures of you, you'll be famous, whatever, whatever. And I feel like that's a kind of a commentary on fame. Uh, yeah, know? definitely. It's modern day. Mm-hmm. I think this whole thing is yeah. like you know just you know, why commit crimes in the first place for some people yeah. you know it was probably actually no it wasn't quite um, like you know John Lennon being shot yeah it wasn't in that era yet it was after JFK being shot mm. after well, almost Sharon a few weeks Tate after. murders <laughs> yeah. mm. like hey shot. 
Yeah, multiple yeah, that was after a few like high-profile things. Yeah, yeah, th- like uh, filming dead bodies uh, in a forest and put them up on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> Logan Paul. Mm. We don't talk of him on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, trash. This is fun, Camp. <laughs> that was just trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Taffy is playing car accident. As I mentioned before, John Waters himself also loved to play car accident as a child. So this was him importing himself onto film. But she's like, hope- oh my god, pouring ketchup all over herself. Like, <laughs> my friend's dead. That car came out of nowhere. And I just find that incredibly <laughs> hilarious. Well, she, you know, she's repressed, uh, I think, in a lot of ways. And so oh, this yeah. is just the way for her to, like, kind of, like, speak out, I think, in some ways. So it's just some held-back aggression, I think. Mm. So. And Dawn is like, what did I tell you? Can't you play car accident outside? <laughs> You're ruining my fun in here. Why can't you be a good child? And Taffy's never a good child, but Dawn is never a good mother. So mm-hmm. we get that. Um, Aunt Ida is trying to pass off her straight nephew Gator as Gay trades uh, Ernie. Um, this fails and Gator moves off to Detroit to find happiness within the auto industry. And Aunt auto Ida industry. has an amazing breakdown. He sounds like some weird way. He's like, I'm going to Detroit to go to the auto industry. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that's the only place he can find happiness. But I just love Aunt Ida. No! 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 Yeah. Screaming on the floor for a good six minutes. And what a, uh, it's just truly iconic. Like, if I could ever make a film, I would have a scene that, like, you know, gets into that. <laughs> so, we get to the second sex scene where Taffy spits in Gator's face and uh, Gator punches Divine out. Uh, the Dashers and their best come to the crime ridden slums of Baltimore to find Dawn. And they ask, what happened to your eye? And Dawn replies, well, I fell getting on the bus and hit my a- my uh, eye on the fare box. I felt like a damn fool. Mm-hmm. And this is a joke that John Waters would use in normal company from then on. He'd be like, oh, I fell on the fare box and looked like a damn fool. <laughs> so it's just something, I, you know, to take with you. Uh, Taffy being a brat, uh, she offers, want some chips? And she spills them all over the dashers. And there's I like that. I feel like they kind of deserved it though. I mean, just because she was so she was so appalled. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Dasher. Taffy, even though she's young, she has like a a extreme moral compass where she knows where she needs to go. Yeah. And Dawn offers this uh, fabulous spaghetti dinner, and Miss Dasher goes, "I'll have two chicken breasts, please." (laughs) And we are having the menu. We're not having that. (laughs) And. it's a disaster dinner with Dawn knocking out Taffy and I- Ida throwing acid in Dawn's face, scarring yeah. her for life. The Dashers take pictures and trick Dawn to think she's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So Aunt Ida goes in here and goes, You fucked me and Gator! Here's some acid, you slime! And throws acid <laughs> in her face and Dawn goes, Oh! Oh, I'm scarred! And the Dashers are like, No, no, you're beautiful, Dawn. You're beautiful. You need to stay this way forever. Um, we go to the hospital where the doctor is the only sensible character in this film and he suggests plastic surgery <laughs> the dashers are beauty experts and they deny that this is uh, any threat to Dawn and they threaten to sue the doctor himself the doctor gives I, up and I, calls them morally bankrupt that, that's, that's one of my favorite lines where he goes like uh, the, Donald he goes uh, I, I sue and, and bruise, bruise easily, easily. <laughs> uh, I, I like when they're reprimanding the doctor and they're like see that's the thing with you doctors you never get along with like the beauty industry yeah. Yeah, they don't like understand the beauty industry they're just doctors yeah. um, so Dawn gets a, a photo session with all her friends quote unquote 
saying she's beautiful after the bandages have come off. And then eventually the dashers bring her to her new house where she exclaims, Oh, a little stage! All I ever wanted! And I felt this as an actor. I'm like, oh, all we ever want is a little stage in our house. Right, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so Divine was injected with the real needle in this scene. Oh, man. Yeah, with liquid eyeliner. So like, le- legit? Eye- legit. No. She did her own stunts in this film. Oh, take that, Tom Cruise. Yeah, so Don Davenport <laughs> is injected with liquid eyeliner wow. saying it's the new hit drug. And the Dashers exclaim, Model! Model! <laughs> and it's just, you know, mm. uh, a thing of the time. We can only wonder why Divine died so young, injected with so many drugs in her system. Yeah. I like the scene about getting all the uh, all the various presents, because it's like a callback to Christmas. Yeah. Where it's like, but she's finally like, getting... Another present! <laughs> Give it to me now! Um, and we find that one of her presents is Aunt Ida kidnapped in a birdcage. <laughs> oh my god. And Dawn cuts off her hand with an axe. Yeah. Yep. She yeah. goes, like, you took so much from me, I'm gonna cut your fucking hand off with an axe. And she does so. Dawn is a woman of her words. But not, not until she poses for the camera. Oh, of course. Uh, Taffy comes in hoping that Dawn was dead. She goes, oh, man, I wish that you were dead. That way I can get the inheritance. And Dawn divulges that Taffy's father is a deadbeat living in a distant county and some other information. And Taffy runs out trying to find him. Uh, we get Taffy uh, finding Earl, also played by Divide, mm-hmm. in this scene, her father. And he's eating from a mayonnaise jar straight out of the jar. Uh, he's a drunk and a recluse, and Taffy is initially excited to find him, but realizes that he is a washout who is making sexual advances at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the second scene with uh, Divine kind of going, Hey, Taffy, you're a pretty story. Why don't you make love to me? And Taffy goes, No, 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 I would never make love to you. Uh, Divine also took a dose of vomit-inducing medicine epitaph uh, oh, yeah. during the scene, but it had no effect. Huh. Really, after all the plugs that Divine did, she couldn't throw up, so this is oh, fake God. vomit in this scene, unfortunately. Oh, okay. uh, and so Earl's vomiting on Taffy had to be faked, no <laughs> matter what. Um, a nurse was on set to supervise both scenes of, like, the injection of eyeliner and this. Oh, my God. Uh, Divine also ate vomit in Pink Flamingos, uh. just to throw that out there. And Taffy in a rage kills Earl with the mayonnaise knife itself. Mm. So Taffy has committed murder. She's not so innocent. Uh, Dawn is still high from her injection of, uh, injection of liquid eyeliner and goes to see <laughs> the Dashers. She eats some mascara brushes as appetizers, <laughs> which I found, oh, little mascara brushes, how delightful, it just adds to the camp of this film. I really didn't know where that was going to go, she was like going to take, what, like the meat that was on it or yeah. something, and just no, eat that? she just eats the whole she fucking eats, thing. put the whole yeah. thing in her mouth. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so, after that, we get the scene where Divine is going, D-I-G, walking through the streets where, like, you know... She's supposed to be admired by people. And this is a steadfast in other Waters films. You get Divine walking through the streets being gawked at by real people in real time. Hmm. Um, during this take, however, 
All the people didn't look at her because they assumed that Divine was a mentally ill woman. Oh, God. So they did not look. And that was just something that Waters... Even the guy whose eyeball fell out? Well, the the guy that eyeball fell out was part of the scene, but everyone else wasn't looking to be like, oh, my God, this woman is sick. And Waters just... they're not wrong. Yeah, Waters just likes to bring that up in, like, future, like, director commentary and whatnot. Another thing I was wondering if it was real or not was um, when the Dashers were first navigating, like, the streets of Baltimore and they were commenting on it there was like a family like uh, a parent and two kids off mm. in the distance mm. and they were just like staring for a while oh I saw that too I wasn't but, sure if um, they were like real I, I figured they probably yeah, were real because you wouldn't get extras just to do that <laughs> it's like what the fuck is going yeah, exactly. on what am I watching <laughs> all real I assure you um thought that was cool so Dawn is still high, and the time has come for her cabaret act. The Dashers go, you know, we should book a theater downtown, and you should do a wonderful cabaret act. Taffy returns home, gives Ida a hook hand, and Dawn enters with some crackers with the iconic line, <laughs> Ida wants some crackers! Ida want a cracker! She's a, she's a parrot in this cage, and it just adds to the scene. And Taffy vows to run off and become a Hare Krishna. Hare which Dawn Krishna. is like, my God, don't do it. I'd rather <laughs> die before you did that, in fact. <laughs> and it, it just adds to Waters, like, kind of uh, bashing those hippies at the same time. Right. And it's wonderful. Um, so Taffy da- vows to run off and become a Hare Krishna. And Divine says she'd rather kill herself if that day ever came. Dawn is then prepping for her nightclub act. And Taffy re- uh, returns as a awakened Hare Krishna after setting free Ida in the cage. She goes, I've been awakened, Ida. It's time for you to go and live yourself. Uh, fly, fly like a little bird off. And, and Ida... <laughs> Ida's just like, thank you, Taffy. Thank you. I would never be in this place without you. And uh, she says, Ida goes straight to the police. Dawn prays to Richard Speck, who I don't know if you guys know. Um, no. He's uh, one of the serial killers who systematically tortured, raped, and murdered eight student nurses oh, from wow. South Chicago. Yikes. During, this time, during 1966, which was, was, was a year beforehand mm-hmm. and it's just like you know more serial killer knowledge and John Waters kind of having his finger on the button like pressing all these things that shouldn't be pressed on Taffy returns to her mother and begs her to change her ways but Don refuses and strangles Taffy to death which uh, uh, you also told me to write this down here but uh, I, I recognized um, uh, Divine here as mm. Ursula from Little Mermaid alright so good trivia so Divine served as the inspiration for Ursula okay by the Disney animators makes oh. sense yeah wow. go mm. watch Little Mermaid again you'll see Divine there <laughs> yeah. it's just funny that we didn't get Divine divorce Ursula herself but you know that's a, a good trivia point right mm. there <laughs> and then we arrive at Dawn's iconic performance of her nightclub act uh divine did all her own stunts on the trampoline she rehearsed for months on the trampoline trying to get the right thing out um acrobatics performance art and spoken word dawn davenport's stage performance is based upon the act of divine herself where she would throw genuine trout into the audience and be like suck these fishes bitches and <laughs> you know whatever it was just like real fish was used in the divine act i found that interesting and 
Divine would wheel a full shopping cart out of mackerel on stage and hurl them into the audience. I have that down. While claiming responsibility for various high-profile uh, crimes. You're looking at crime personified. I blew Richard Speck. And I'm so fucking beautiful I can't stand it. Who wants to die for art? And we get the iconic scene. Who wants to die for art? One man stands up and she shoots him point blank. And chaos ensues. All these people are running out of the theater. Um, and there's panic. Police arrive. But Dawn escapes into the wilderness of Baltimore. Which is specified as the wilderness of Baltimore. Um, it was November when John Waters filmed The Divine Camping in the Woods. And it was sleeting, and Divine did her own stunts, jumping into the Baltimore River, yeah. mm. uh, going <laughs> across full, the whole river, full yeah. full tilt through the river, doing yeah. her not own a, stunts. Not a single cut, just one long shot. Yeah, oh, and she arrived on her mark. She mm. said, "You were supposed to get, you know, to this point across the stage," and she did across wow. the river, whatever. And despite the swift water, he hit his mark on the opposite shore. And didn't lose his wig, which was important. Yeah, that's what I was keeping an eye out for, actually. Yeah. Devon did all her own stunts, and it's miraculous, and police eventually apprehend her. Um, in the court, Ida and the Dashers rat on Dawn, and she's convicted to death by the electric chair. And I find it funny that the Dashers bribed Ida. They're yeah. Like, Here, you know, we'll slip you a little something, something, so you can tell the truth. Um, at the time that this scene was filmed, the electric chair was... Uh, banned in the state of Maryland. Mm. However, the next day it was reinstituted again. Wow! Right mm. after this film premiered. Wow! What yeah. a job film. Yeah. <laughs> so you could say Divine was responsible for the electric chair being reinstated again, and we get the iconic line: "You lying blonde bitch! You lied! I'm innocent." Just to the Dashers. Um, in prison, Dawn takes a lover and is completely delusional. She thinks that the death penalty is the highest honor that one could be bestowed upon. Mm -hmm. And she eventually goes off to the electric chair saying autogra autographs, modeling, and laughing her ass off, as is Dawn Davenport. Mm. And thus, our film ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, any final thoughts <laughs> in this short episode? Um, I know. That's all it's, I expect from you people. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. And it's also a movie that's uh, um, along this genre that when it focuses on John Waters, it's it's not for everybody. No. It, it definitely isn't. Um, you have to have a very uh, broad sense of sure. film to really understand uh, like where uh, these movies are coming from. Uh, it's it's definitely funny. I, for me, it, 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 I mean, I mean, that funny and subjective to it to a lot of people for me I, I i was having a blast watching this um uh i don't know if being grotesque for the sake of uh, being grotesque is is is, is, a is a thing it's a thing but uh you know it, it's 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 art for art's sake and, yeah. and it, so that's what i give it massive props for and uh the are never movies that i actually go out of my way for i mean like for instance you know like i we Last episode, uh, episode before that, we were mentioning Greasy Strangler. This that movie takes heavy inspiration from what John Waters mm -hmm. does here, and I like that movie for the sake of what it does. And I have the same props for for this one. And 
other John Waters movies as well that that embrace that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my takeaway from this, and I I had, had, a, had a blast. I I really enjoyed uh, watching this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew, I liked it, especially um, talking about some of the uh, pushing the envelope that John Waters you know tends to do. I, I felt some of that here. I feel like my tastes are typically not very tame like yeah i feel like i could handle a lot but there were still some images that were a little too gross out for me wow yeah. i mean you know not like oh i can't watch this but you i know, did warn like, you a little uncomfortable yeah. most i mean it's not anything much it's not like i could watch a lot of gross out stuff but um the one image i think that sticks with me is Earl's like shit stain. Oh, yeah, when, when yeah. He's, when he's raping divine. Yeah, I know. It just makes me uncomfortable. Wow. Which is like. <laughs> so don't watch Human Centipede on this podcast. Mm. Oh, that's not. It's not that bad. <laughs> I I can't do that movie either. It, no, it's. I think it's okay. I really can. The first one I think is fine. The second. The second one, one is a snuff film. But the second one has Henry Zabrowski in it, who I loves, who is featured on uh, last podcast on the left, who I mentioned. Mm, okay. He's one of the hosts. Wow. Wow, interesting. I mean, third, the third, I can't do those the films. third one is a farce. Yeah. Uh, the third one's a farce. I'll tell you that. But I mean, I gotta give it props because it was really effective in like portraying this character. Like just having that one image told me so much about who he is and like what he does. Just mm. you know, which is kind of nothing. He's a deadbeat, but that really um, got the message across. Mm-hmm. While while also making me a little uncomfortable, which is fine because I like a challenge. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I I liked it. I really liked the epic view that it took. I don't know if this is a weird request, because I know it's probably not that kind of film, but I, I would have appreciated maybe, like, a little more... Uh, this is me sounding entitled now. No, please <laughs> go ahead. But, uh, which is, like, I think kind of the whole point of this film, which I really liked. Entitlement as a whole, like, divine, very entitled character. Uh, or Don Davenport, I mean. Yeah, just so much. And um, what was I saying? I was <laughs> saying, oh, I, I, I would have appreciated maybe like more, uh, I guess, of a backstory behind Don. Like what we got, got her whole history, though. Yeah, but like what got her the way she is? Like I think the first she was just a morality tale. I guess like the first instance we see is um. You know, of her kind of depraved nature is her in school and her uh, lambasting her parents for not giving her the right presents. But I want to know, like, how she got to that point. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, you know, that's probably outside of the scope of this film. It's not really that relevant, I suppose. I'd like to imagine she had the same childhood as Taffy going on. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. That's true. But Taffy came out differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taff- oh, Taffy. Was Taffy the M- always MVP. comes out differently. <laughs> Especially Banana. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no i i did like this i think I, oh, I really liked the absurdity i feel like it had it was missing that prime lobster fucking <laughs> i feel like i now i was never really interested in multiple maniacs before <gasps> because of that scene but now yeah i'd probably re-watch. give it a little shot yeah. i don't know if that scene is like you have to give just pink- you have to give Pink Flamingos a watch just to uh, see where little... Edith Massey comes with the Eggman, you know? You know, I think... All she wants is eggs. I think, like, even hearing about it, like, you know, eating vomit, eating dog shit, I think I'd be less grossed out by that stuff than <gasps> I was by that fucking shit stain. <laughs> that's, that's odd. That's odd. It's just... 
I think it's like a level of expectation that they set. So it's like if you know about that going into it, you could, I guess, But you wouldn't have known about the shitting if you went into Pink Flamingos. I think it's because in in this, like the shot to to Earl's hide, <laughs> it, it was just very sudden and unexpected. But like, you know, um, like I was saying before, Divine or Dawn holding the baby, it's like, okay, I could prepare myself for the worst. Like my brain is already mm. moving at like 100 <laughs> RPM to figure out how mm. badly this could go. Yeah, so if true. there's like some sort of buildup, like even... A very slight build up it's like okay that wasn't so bad this was it was very sudden i was like ugh, mm. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i love the absurdity there was some amazing lines in it uh, it was really funny um and, and a good like you were saying morale morality tale mm. i i feel like it's a weird mix between um I never really watched Sex in the City, but maybe like the satirical nature of that, of, like Sex in the Was City. Was she a carrier, Samantha Dawn Davenport? I can never really tell. Uh, that with like girls mixed with the absurdity of like. Mm. Um, Don't compare to no. this film to Alina Dunham, just, human trash. I'm just saying the satire. There's a lot of trash in that show, though. The satire, yeah. and it was on point. Yeah, I will say, and um, with the absurdity of like. A red hot American summer, the state, or like uh, Kentucky. Ooh, hold on, you're gonna eat your words in a few movies' time. Okay, I'm gonna mention that. Okay, uh, I, I was gonna mention, I don't know if I should mention this now because we might end up seeing it. I'll mention it now and we'll watch it much later. So hopefully, you guys have forgotten. But uh, the absurdity of also something like a little bit airplane, uh, more so like Kentucky Fried movie. <gasps> Just two of my faves. Yeah, I haven't seen pretty good stuff. What? I never, I never even heard of this. What? We'll probably get to it. But uh, I just love. I couldn't help but think, like after watching it. Oh, and the absurdity of like a lot of things I see online. So I was thinking, maybe, obviously the time period is not right, but this could have worked better as like a series of vines. (laughs) <laughs> like six second it videos. It's only forty years ahead of time. Yeah, exactly, but like six second videos where you get the best lines of like each scene, and you follow like this saga, yeah. this tale of this character. But you just have really absurd scenarios, really absurd sets, mm. costumes, and just like a couple lines of dialogue. Like each one would have me cracking up. Like each one would be a huge success. Yeah. I can feel that. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking. That's where I was at. You're right. But it was good. I liked it. I'm glad. I'm glad. More, my, than, I, more, more than I thought I would, honestly. I'm glad, because my thoughts... This is my favorite John Waters film, mm-hmm. by far. I do like a few more more than this. Mm-hmm. Um, this just happened to be, you know, the newest Criterion release, and I figured, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a morality play. If we go back to theater... Mm, we yeah. get this medieval character of Dawn Davenport mm-hmm. and all her comeuppance that she gets for doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And that just sticks out for me. Um, it's iconic that you... Uh, ironic, not iconic. <laughs> <laughs> ironic that you uh, bring up... Uh, what's that summer movie? Red Hot American Summer? Red Wet Hot, hot American Amer- Summer. Wet Hot. Wet Sorry. Hot American <laughs> Summer because my next pick is entirely based around that. Really? Okay. Serves as the main inspiration for that film, in oh. fact. Um, but that's a long okay. ways away. We still have two more movies to watch before that. I think I know. I just I found have a that, couple guesses then. I found that hilarious that you brought that up. And um, this is a good film. 
Uh, I highly recommend that you do not watch this with your family. Oh, you no. need to be uh, mature enough to handle nudity, perversion, etc. before you watch this film. You've had to have seen some shit in your life. Yeah, you have to... Maybe literally. Come to terms with some shit in your life before watching <laughs> oh, this yeah. film. But other than that, I do enjoy this film. Not my favorite John Waters, but there we go. That's good. I would have loved to have been around, you know, in the 70s when this kind of thing came out and just witness all the reactions, mm. just things like that. A nice That's what I like movie. to think about. Yeah. 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 I feel like the midnight movie that I associate with more is uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. That's just my, you know, my yeah. thing. Yeah, quintessential. I mean, you got people, what, uh, throwing the things room. at the screen. And the room, of course. Yelling lines of How dialogue. Forget? Do they do anything like that for the, uh, for this film? For John Waters? Yeah. Things like that? Yeah, yeah, they do that. Lines of dialogue, they're yelling. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. And with that, let's end this episode of Nightcaps at the Theater. Mark. Oh, do we have? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait. Well, no, Matt. Oh, and I was going to say, do we have a hint? Oh, we'll get that hint. We'll get that hint. We're going to get that hint if it... Where can, beat our audience, it out of you. where can our audience reach you? Uh, they can reach me over at Junior over on Instagram, or you can find me over on Twitter at Man Who Wears Hats. Ooh. And Matt, where can our audience reach you? Let's see. You can hit me up on Discord. I am MattCamp1210. <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> at... well, let's play some games together until uh, I find some more opportunities on LinkedIn. Oh, and you can hit me up at uh, Twitter at Drink and Read JK, Instagram at Losing My Mind JK. You can find my other Miyazaki and Ghibli based podcast at Anime Was Not a Mistake. And you can find Nightcaps at the theater on most social media platforms, including iTunes, Podbean, and now Stitcher. So there's no excuse for you guys to not be listening. And whose turn is it next? Uh, it's mine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, I pick the worst movies, don't I? No, of course not. I think I, by definition, pick the worst movies. No, I, we all have our taste. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm, this time, uh, since we're still keeping within the summer blockbuster uh, time. I, I'm, summer blockbuster is a stretch. Well, well, uh, <laughs> summer. Within summertime. Well, like I, that's why I want to keep it. I want I want to see if I can maybe pick like uh, a movie along those lines where it's something that's like terrible, but also we can also enjoy together oh! and laugh at. Yeah, so uh, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, we'll just have to like uh, stay tuned for this. I do have a movie in mind. But I'm not 100% on it. But, you know, we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. Oh, wait and see. What a great hint. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. You got no hint this yeah, episode. I've done it before. Listen to the bumper and go to bed. Yeah. Female trope. That's not how the song went. I got lots of problems. Female That's, trouble. That could be a true detective. When's <laughs> true, that coming back? True, that never. <laughs> oh, no. Idris Elba, season three. Let's do it. Oh. Did you enjoy the show? I'd offer my own commentary, but I've still got popcorn kernels in my teeth and a slight aftertaste of gin I just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe I shouldn't use it as mouthwash anymore. If you would like to offer your own two cents on the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and dare I say, even subscribe. Don't forget to find us on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Nightcap Cinema. Don't be afraid to join the conversation, offer your own take on the films we watch, or even suggest something that we should see. 
We are always welcome and open to all feedback. After all, everyone's a critic. Can I be real for a second? As an avid podcast listener and newbie podcast creator, I better understand now more than ever just how much work and dedication it takes to create and share things through this medium. By taking just a few seconds out of your extremely busy days, you can honestly make a world of difference even for us. Just a couple of millions who talk about movies for shigs on the internet. I would like to personally thank anyone who contributes in any way. Remember, it's all possible thanks to listeners like you. Thank you. What do you mean that's not gonna fly with PBS? You think those antique road-showing geriatrics are gonna listen? You have got to be kidding me! Ugh, we'll just cut it in post.